0: This is The Interchange from Greentech Media. I'm Stephen Lacey, Greentech Media's editor-in-chief, alongside our senior vice president, Shale Khan. Hey, Shale. Hey, Stephen. We have a pretty newsy interview this week. I'd like to think that we're always kind of creating news around here, but this one is particularly noteworthy. You got on the line with Michael Picker, who is the president of the California Public Utilities Commission. What did you guys talk about? So... Commissioner Picker is about
1: to kind of open up a conversation that could be really important for the future of electricity in California. And potentially, if it if it goes really well, it could be important for the future of electricity in the entire country. Basically, in short... He's planning to introduce a series of meetings that could lead to a proposal to open up some version of competitive retail choice for electricity in California. Now, brief history lesson here. Um, We used to have fully regulated, fully vertically integrated utilities in the U.S. We went through a wave of deregulation. That was proceeding through the 90s into 2000-2001 that involved both deregulation of generation, meaning generation assets didn't have to be owned just by utilities, but also uh, deregulation of retail. In other words, allowing some customers to select retail electricity suppliers who were not their incumbent utility. That basically came to a screeching halt in 2001 with the Enron scandal. And since then, we haven't really seen retail electricity choice introduced in pretty much any new state. So we have like 14 states now, depending on how you define it, that have some version of retail choice. California is not among them. And Commissioner Picker is looking at sort of what's happening in California anyway, all these ways that we've talked about many times on this podcast in which customers of various stripes, be they residential, commercial, or communities, are selecting how to manage or how to procure their own electricity anyway. And he's saying, you know what, these things are kind of happening regardless. Maybe we should take a more deliberate approach to it. So this was
0: a super interesting conversation, but I have to tell listeners that it was pretty theoretical, right? I mean, this is... Basically, him testing the waters and saying that he's going to start a process to hear from stakeholders to then create a proposal. But it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. I, the way I would frame it is that I think he's
1: raising a question, not answering a question.
0: And raising the question publicly for the first time. Right.
1: Yeah. And especially, you know, with California's history with Enron and the way that retail choice was sort of frozen in 2001, just even raising the question, I think is going to be viewed as a pretty big deal. But I do think that he's going about it in a smart, deliberate manner. He's not preordaining the solution. His intent is to hold what's called an unbank, which is basically a workshop that has the California Public Utilities Commission, the California Energy Commission, the California ISO, basically all the stakeholders in the market getting together to start to sort of say, well, what's happening already? And then does it make sense for us to sort of put this all under one strategic umbrella? And what would that even look like?
0: Well, let's get into the conversation. I was there as well, and I got a few questions in. Before we do get to that, I want to remind people that next week, Shale and Commissioner Picker are going to be taking the stage in San Francisco at the California Distributed Energy Future Summit. That's from March 6th to 7th. And we're going to be talking about everything from this legislation getting 100% renewables in California to the many regulatory tracks underway at the CPUC to Commissioner Picker's thoughts on the future of retail choice. There is just a hell of a lot going on in California, and we're going to get to as much of it as possible. Yeah, it's a a
1: somewhat terrifying pace of forward-thinking regulation going on in the state of California right now. So I'm excited to start to break some of it down.
0: And we begin the interview with Commissioner Picker describing what he sees as the current state of affairs in California, which is uh, increasingly complicated.
2: As part of all these changes, the the electric system is becoming increasingly variable. Both um, power and demand are no longer static. And so the whole system is becoming very dynamic, enabling customers to become much more active and to take charge of their their energy use and the ways in which they meet their energy needs, they're acting. We saw a a, a effort to institute retail choice from the top down in in the period between 1995 and 2001. It was a uh, policy driven policy. Here, we're starting to see uh, retail choice come into being simply because of technology and uh, commodity uh, renewable electricity allowing it to take place. It's being hollowed out by innovation and technology rather than than by policy regulation.
1: So you have all these different groups or individual customers who are... are in some ways doing retail choice without it having been enabled in the first place but then you're you're sort of making this jump from all these things are happening anyway to now we should consider a a broader retail choice initiative and just to frame why that's a a big deal in the context of electricity regulation history I, i know you know i think retail choice especially for residential customers has has been viewed as having very mixed results historically right it's not it's not like it's a it's an unabashed success where it has been implemented. So how's this sort of different in your mind?
2: So I think that that what it does is it gives people enormous flexibility across a range of 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 choices and I think that since we see this happening the question is are there is there advantages to people to open it up to even further choice in more third parties selling selling uh, different kinds of 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 convergent products, so the example that I can see sometime soon is somebody who gives you a lease to an electric vehicle, somebody who, who has control of 10 to 15,000 electric vehicles, access to a charging infrastructure that includes some place that may be adjacent to or close by your work site so that you can charge when we have excess renewables, and a tariff. They, they provide a bulk tariff to all of their customers that gives them really cheap rates when we have those excess renewables at the, at the belly of the duck curve but then when the prices really go up during the 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 neck of the duck curve or actually can implement true VGI vehicle to grid that takes some of the risk out of it for the homeowners or the the vehicle users because they don't have to invest in a in a technology that's going to advance fairly quickly over the course of the, their tenure with the vehicle. They uh, they don't the the auto manufacturers don't have to worry about uh, voiding the warranty because the battery is going to be. Going through more cycles on a on a daily basis, they the that's a that's a risk the lessor picks up. The lessor has a has a has a large market for a second life for a lot of of, of batteries as they start to age out because they're being used for charge and discharge into the grid, and the utilities get a uh, a fairly coherent and and uh, and and manageable and dependable. Uh, demand response vehicle. So I think that there there are opportunities out there that are going to emerge one way or the other. And the question is, how do we get out of the way till, to make it easier for them to come into being? And that
1: example that you gave, just one clarification. So a lot of that stuff, the electric vehicle example, could be done today. The component of that, and correct me if I'm wrong, the component of that that you couldn't do today, you can't do without retail choice, is offering that tariff. To customers right
2: or offering a package that takes the risk out of it for a variety of different people I think it's the convergence in some cases that will will make sense to people so another example of things that we are seeing that uh, uh, opportunities are struggling to to actually be able to expand is is the the hybrid building that advanced microgrid services is offering where they actually have uh um a large retail mall um, um, developer who has bought uh 200 megawatt hours of battery and they use that to arbitrage rates for themselves. They this is all behind the meter. They own the batteries. They actually use them to, to to again. We have we have we have time of use for commercial and industrial in California already. So they they buy lots of electricity and and store it when it's cheap in the mornings, and then in the hot afternoons when their customers are looking to be cool in the malls, they'll actually use it to to power up their chillers. And then uh, on 12 days, the critical peak days in their in the utility service area, they're actually selling the use of their, their, their battery storage as a grid service back to the utilities. What is that? Is it generation? Is it storage? Is it a, a behind-the-meter application that benefits the, the, the consumer? Or is it something that's, that's a grid asset? they're stacking the values and they're serving everybody's needs and they're actually helping to solve some of our integration and reliability problems so this is these are the kinds of things that are happening that would expand they're already possible but I think it's the it's the it's the struggle to think about um, these the the role of the electric utilities differently. If they don't own generation, they we can make them, easily make them indifferent to these things, and they can serve as the platforms that people have envisioned in New York to allow a lot of these different technologies to start to expand and to be used in new and innovative ways.
0: So why can't they do that already? With the system that's already in place in California, why do you fundamentally need to open up choice further if this stuff is already happening? What needs to be? I think
2: that I think it's just the pace and the the range of opportunities that people will test. It's inhibited by the fact that much of it has to go through our regulatory processes to, to allow the utilities to actually. Uh, enable or to procure or to participate. I'll I'll give you the example. When San Onofre dropped out of the grid, we scrambled to figure out how to provide reliability and to avoid uh, voltage collapse in in the soft part of the transmission system that occurred once we lost that big source of generation. It we, we, we dealt with the immediate issues, but the midterm question came, what do we put, replace it with? And Commissioner Florio, my former colleague here, had a brilliant insight, and he said that go get what you need, but 50% of it has to come from no carbon resources. And so as a result, the utility became very quickly indifferent to the many, 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 many uh, ways in which we constrain their ability to procure, and just took all of these offers that people started to turn up, and and it was just it was the moment that we became post renewable. We started to see both ways that technology were expanding the effectiveness of the. Uh, commodity renewables that the utilities were purchasing. We saw ways that people were integrating that we would not have, uh, have ever allowed at the PUC if Commissioner Florio hadn't just opened the doors and said to the utilities, go out and get what you can that's out there. Let's see what there is.
1: So you're looking at sort of, Considering going down the road that introduces more retail choice in California beyond what's sort of already happening organically and I'm sure one of the things that you're cautious about as you look down that road is trying to avoid some of the pitfalls that we've seen in other states that have implemented retail choice with with mixed results. I think generally speaking it's been viewed as, as pretty positive for larger customers, for commercial customers in other states who, about half of whom, have actually switched their load over to competitive suppliers, often at a lower cost. But for residential, you know, you, you've seen a small adoption, less than 10% of load has switched. And more importantly, I think there's a perception that there's a fairly rampant sort of questionable consumer practices in in the, some of the retail choice states. I live in Massachusetts, for example, and, you know, there will be people knocking on our door, door, sending out flyers, sort of claiming to be from National Grid who are not really from National Grid, and they'll be offering a three-month cheap fixed-price electricity contract followed by a variable rate that goes really high. And I think that's a it's a common story in some of these retail choice markets. So how, how are you thinking about kind of... You know, Doing some version of retail choice in a way that avoids the pitfalls you see in other states.
2: Well, again, one is that we see something like forty percent of residential and uh, and uh, small uh, commercial load already departing from from the utilities and in some respects setting their own rates. Um, what what I think. We are just recognizing is that much of this is going to happen uh, regardless. So the real question then becomes, how do we actually deal with consumer protection? what are the ways in which we have to deal with reliability in a in a in a very high renewable penetration environment and what do we do for those many 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 people who just don't really want to think about how they meet their energy needs and just want to have one dominant uh, player that they feel is solid and will just meet their needs. So I think those are all valid questions. I think a subset of that is is what did we learn in 2000, 2001 that we've seen embedded in the, the independent system operator out here that has successfully protected us against uh, market gaming in their wholesale markets? What would be relevant there as well as uh, what we need to see in terms of of protecting consumers against predatory activities by, by some providers. So all those things, I think, are going to get a lot of discussion here in California before any final decisions are made. Um, it, you know it's, It really is just an admission that things are moving this direction, and we can either shape it or we can get caught short after the fact. Mm-hmm.
0: For those who may not de- follow the regulatory pl- process closely, what exactly needs to happen to start this conversation in California?
2: Well, so we'll do a workshop later this this spring, where we actually just bring together some of the parties and and get an assessment from the the clean community aggregator, the CCA movement, how quickly do they think they're likely to grow. We'll hear from other um, providers who will talk a little bit about what they think are the opportunities. We'll hear from consumer advocates about what their concerns are. We'll bring in people from other states to learn what's worked and hasn't worked for them. We'll probably um, spend a lot of time trying to think about what how we continue to make sure that we advance on our greenhouse gas goals if there are many different providers and there there's some need for them to also provide for reliability uh, in, in terms of service. So those are all tough questions. I don't expect the, the answers to come to mind immediately, nor do I expect it to be easy to find that point of consensus that will allow us to move forward all I know is that as technology continues to to open up new opportunities people are embracing it as they as they do that we've seen some in, increasing success in terms of actually dealing with the variability and integrating renewable resources and we and we see the opportunity to expand um these new technologies in ways that help us to shift uh, um uh clean electricity into market shares currently held by the natural gas and petroleum industries.
1: Do you expect that the the investor owned utilities in California will go along happily on this path? I mean I know you you can make them indifferent. To this, But they're already undergoing a whole bunch of changes with the various distributed energy resource proceedings in California, plus the RPS. Do you have a sense from them that they're eager to have this conversation, or do you think that they'll be sort of dragged kicking and screaming along the road?
2: I think that they are eager to have somebody share with them their thoughts about what their business model will look like in this increasing um, consumer load departing universe that they find themselves in. I think that they, they may have very specific thoughts about how this would work out, and I'm not sure that everybody else will agree with that. But I think that they see the same things that I'm seeing, and I think they know something has to happen.
0: Are there any particular markets that you think have implemented retail choice that you think is um, worth perhaps applying to California?
2: I, You know, to be honest with you, I look at the way that technology shifts have actually uh, reshaped portions of the energy use patterns in other parts of the country rather than thinking that specific um, business models are necessarily going to work here. It may may be that we do see that. But so, for example, the widespread shift away from – Diesel oil and coal in the Northeast is a source of uh, of energy for uh, for heating water and shift to electricity and particularly hydro as a means of actually electric water heaters and that become also a, a demand tool a, a, a dispatchable demand tool. And so I think that both demand and and demand reduction tool, I think that those kinds of things tell us that there are pieces out there and that utilities will probably survive it. Frankly, they may choose that they will want to compete in some of these new opportunities. And uh, we already have the example of Southern California Edison, for example, which owns a rooftop solar company that competes in Northern California. Um, that means that aside from the efforts to protect people against market gaming in the in the in the bulk markets and uh, protecting consumers against predatory sales tactics, we will also then have to figure out how we move into the role of protecting against the utilities using their market power to 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 have advantage of other competitors. So those are all things that, that are out there that probably will get on the table as we talk about these things.
0: I had all these questions set up about licensing requirements and what happens to community choice aggregators and uh, what kind of consumer protection uh pieces you're going to put in place, uh, whether this is an opt-in system or a mandate. And and I, 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 we could maybe go through some of those. But what you've basically said in this interview is that all of that stuff is going to be put on the table. Nothing has been decided yet. This is a proposal. And now it's up to every stakeholder to come together to try to figure out how this actually looks?
2: I wouldn't even say it's a proposal at this point. I would say it's just a recognition that it's time to start thinking about what we're going to do if trends continue.
0: And how does it then become a proposal, if it does?
2: Well, so so first thing we'll do is workshops. Then we'll see from this where there's consensus about what makes sense. We'll try to test to see where... Um, people think that there's consumer interest. It's very hard for the PUC to, to understand some of the opportunities and, and to understand how that fits different types of consumers' needs. Um, we tend to deal with with technologies that are fairly advanced. We tend to deal with very large institutions. Sometimes our processes make it very hard for new technologies and innovators to actually participate with us. That's one of the things we learned from the More Than Smart process is that a lot of people don't want to participate Full on as parties in our proceedings, but they are willing to share what they know and what they've learned through working groups, and that can then frame things that we can bring into our proceedings to, to build a record to make a decision. So we may go through some iterations of this to figure out what are the where are where are the consumers, where are the products, what are the things that we should enable or or, or avoid uh, getting in the way of, and what are the things we need to do to actually make this a uh, viable um, proposition, both for consumers and for the businesses and for the utilities who are still going to provide those core monopoly services of running the wires and the distribution systems.
1: You have a lot going on in California as it stands, and uh, the the California Distributed Energy Resource Working plan document that you put out a few months ago is a good indicator of how much is happening there just as it pertains to DERs, let alone all the other renewable stuff. Is this, uh, would this, if if it goes further, would it exist in parallel? Would it sort of get incorporated into all these other DER proceedings? Do you feel like they're complementary to each other?
2: A Good question. You know, I think if I could say that I had anything that I ex- would like to see out of it right at this point is a similar kind of a roadmap to examine trends and stresses on the existing business models and the existing regulatory models and to figure out how we begin to make a lot of stepwise and, uh, and thoughtful choices uh, to, towards whatever that future is going to be and how, who, what we need to look at to really be able to solve the different issues that people identify. So maybe what we'll end up with towards the end of this year is just a roadmap to actually help guide consideration and discussion.
0: And that was our conversation with Commissioner Michael Picker, who is the president of the California Public Utilities Commission. Remember that Shale is going to be sitting down with Commissioner Picker on stage at California's Distributed Energy Future event next week. That is going to be a stacked event with a bunch of VCs and policymakers, regulators, and all the third-party solar and distributed energy providers that we've been talking about on this interview. So make sure to go check that out at greentechmedia.com events. Thanks for listening to The Interchange. With Shail Khan, I'm Stephen Lacey, and we'll catch you next week.